I'm Drew Barrymore, and you're listening to The Ravens Podcast with Simon and Dom. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. And tonight's movie for debate is 1997's Scream 2. You'll see him in your head on the TV screen. Hey buddy, I'm wanting you to turn it on. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is 1997's Scream Part 2. Dom, we are here. How are you, my man? I'm very well, thank you. Excited to be doing our... Halloween podcast <laughs> with some very special and spooky guests. <laughs> yes, excellent. And what the perfect segue to introduce introduce our guests. Firstly, we're returning from her appearance in our first Scream podcast. Everyone's favourite New Yorker. Sarah is back. Sarah, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. Getting ready for Halloween. Excellent. It is the day before Halloween for context of people that are listening. We're also joined by Hey yo, what's up guys? Glad to be here as always. Always a pleasure. How are you guys doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. It's really good to see you. I haven't seen you for so long. Feels like ages. Yeah, it's been quite a while. I had to ask Simon what my episode coming up was because I couldn't remember for the life of me. I was like, maybe I got skipped. I don't know. <laughs> no, never. I wouldn't allow that. The spreadsheet would not allow that to happen. But you're on in a in a few weeks, I think, for, for One Tree Hill. Yes, sir. <laughs> Good to see you both. Yeah, it's awesome to see to see both of you. To see you, Dom, of course, is always a pleasure. And it's it's great to be doing this um this follow up. Because Scream 1, our first uh, Scream episode, I believe, outside of One Tree Hill, is our most downloaded episode. It might have something to do with the fact that it was introduced by Drew Barrymore. (laughs) But it also, I think, maybe just has more to the fact that it was just premium content. Am I right, Dom? Uh, Absolutely. You know, who's not going to want to listen to Sarah? Me and you you genuinely don't count. But... (laughs) And we're only going to double or triple that now as we're adding Jay into the mix. So we've just made a recipe for a pumpkin pie for Halloween. Sure. Why not? Lovely. We'll go with it. I I can't help but feel that there was a... Sarah mentioned, you know, getting prepared, getting ready for Halloween. And it feels like a majority of people that prepare for Halloween over here, preparation is turn your lights off and pretend you're not in. (laughs) Hope that no one knocks on the door. Oh, please don't knock on the door and just leave me alone. <laughs> yes, I think Halloween is a much bigger uh, celebration, let's say, in uh, in in America. Where here in the UK, it's a day where a lot of antisocial behaviour happens. <laughs> people terrorise each other, but we do we do love horror movies, and there's so much to say about 
Scream 2, I mean, you could even, there's even arguments of whether it is even a horror film or whether it lies more in like the, the slasher genre, but there is no arguments to be had in with regards to the impact that the Scream franchise had in reinvigorating audiences to the horror slasher genre. And so we've spoken about the first Scream, but if we can start by going round and getting everyone's I always stumble on this word. Familiarity. Not bad, Dom. You've, yeah, you've, I think you nailed that one now. Yes. <laughs> Almost 200 episodes. <laughs> I'm learning a new word um, of of the movie. So what we want to know is, you know, when you first encountered it, did you watch it in, in cinema and theatres in 97? Was this a DVD, a, a rental? It wouldn't have been DVD, would it? Probably a, a VHS you know, how did you first encounter it? What were your memories? And did you remember who the killers were? So let's start Let's start with you, Dom. 1997, was that when you first watched it? What was your first interaction with Scream 2? <laughs> Do you know what? I genuinely don't know. <laughs> 1990, Useless. 1997, <laughs> we would have been 10. So there's no way we're going to cinema to see that because it would have been an 18. So we wouldn't be you know, going and getting into that. So um, I I can't help but feel that I watched all the Scream films at yours when there were three of them. So when there were mm-hmm. when there was a trilogy, I think we watched them all back to back. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. So my, uh, again, like with pretty much every film we've covered so far, my experience of this film is in your house watching it. And I, I yeah, yeah, I just seem to remember we, I'm pretty sure we watched the trilogy when it was a trilogy back to it like one after the other after the other it's one of those nights that we did quite regularly where it was like yes let's just not sleep because that's always a good idea let's watch mm-hmm. this you know creepy care uh, creepy 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 scary thriller film uh, uh and just not sleep anyway so you know let's put ourselves in a state of unrest anyway <laughs> but yeah i think i think that's pretty much it and it would have been video um and yeah, I've got to say that's that's pretty much my my take on it. I as soon as I started watching it, I, it then started things started flashing back at me, and I was like, oh my god, oh, I, I just couldn't believe the amount of famous faces in it that are in it that are not key parts in it. And I was like, oh my god, that you know that we'll talk about them when we get to them. It was like that person's in it, that person's in it. Jesus, oh my god, that person's in it, and they just sort of pop up, you know, even from the get go, literally right at the beginning. You're like Jada Pinkett Smith's in it. I'm like, what? What the hell? Um, <laughs> and then yeah, the the film carries on pretty much in that vein all the way through. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much my experience. I hadn't quite remembered who the the killer was going to be, but as soon as um, things that as soon as I saw, I don't know what I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give too much away. But as soon as I saw, basically Laurie Metcalf, I was like, okay, I got it now. I remember now, and I remember who the partner is and stuff. So, yeah, I got there in the end. Excellent, good <laughs> breakdown, good breakdown, good memories. Jay, let's go to you. What, what was your first interaction with Screen Two? First memories. Screen Two, all right. So I was probably around ten. The same as you and Dom, so I'm aging myself there. That's cool. Um, I don't, I can't tell you exactly, like, I'm trying to think, bro. I don't know. I know me and my friends, like, I had a group of neighborhood friends, and every year there was just a 
handful of movies that we would watch like religiously around Halloween time, you know, it became like just like a tradition that we did. Uh, and Scream happened to be one of them. And Scream 2 was around the same time, if I remember correctly. I don't think Scream 3 had just come out yet because I ended up seeing that in the theaters. But yeah, it was just something we did every every year. I think it went along with like Halloween, Hocus Pocus, stuff like that. Just every year, just a handful of, you know, movies we'd watch. And that's pretty much how I go back to it now. It's, that's how it all started for me. And uh, ever since then, I always, growing up, I always thought Halloween was my favorite um, Halloween movie, but it actually turned out to be Scream because I watched Scream pretty religiously, if not all of them, at least the first three of them every year almost. So... It's just something that's always stuck with me. I got my ghost face shirt on. See, I'm ready to go. Nice. <laughs> so how many times would you do you reckon you've seen it? Like 30 plus? Probably. Probably. I mean, I can sit there and, and recite most of the movies back to you. At least the first three, like I said. So. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, were were you? Are you a Dawson's Creek fan? I can't remember. Yeah, Dawson's Creek was on my top five TV shows. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, because Kevin Williamson, obviously, he wrote. Yeah, that, Dawson's Creek also wrote Scream as well. I know what you did last summer too. That was another one of the movies we would watch every year. Nice, awesome. Okay, cool. And Sarah, what is your history with Scream Two? Well, I wasn't 10. I was <laughs> I was in college when it came out. So I definitely saw the movie theater. Because uh, I, I think I, I saw Scream 1 in the movie theater also. Um, <laughs> I, have, I don't think I've seen it in full since I saw it in the movie theater. I've seen like pieces of it on TV throughout the years. And then I finally watched it in full again this weekend. So when I saw a lot of people in it, I was like, holy cow. But yeah, I totally remembered who the killer was. Because I watched, I was watching with my son trying to see if he could figure out who the killer was, <laughs> which he did not. Um, but yeah, I remembered in like the second the movie started, I remembered who it was. Okay. And uh can you seen scream can you remember scream three as well like the... i actually remember scream three better than i remember scream two i don't know i sort of i remember one and three i think i kind of blocked out too <laughs> so when i was watching it i was like holy crap she's in it and she's in it and he's in it Very and i have cool. a personal history with jerry o'connell so i was like oh jerry's in it forgot Right, which we we've got to when we when we get towards him, I've got a question. I listened to the so I watched the I watched the movie today. Dom, as our listeners know, has a um what are we gonna call it? A skill, a talent, um, a disease of being able to watch things so quickly. I like messaged him to remind him, being like you know, kind of like his nagging wife, being like, Remember to watch screen two for tonight and he messaged me back like two hours later, it's like watched it, and I'd only seen like ten minutes at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's Classic Dom. It's a it's an illness, but it comes in handy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, so I managed. I watched the film today, but I also separately while uh, doing things around the house and whatever, listened to the the DVD commentary, the director's commentary by Wes Craven. It's by him, and I I believe it's. 
the editor of the movie and maybe like the costume designer i might be getting that wrong or a producer but it's really good i really recommend people listening to it people that are listening to this are obviously fans of the podcast medium you can find it on youtube uh it doesn't have the movie on it it's just a soundtrack but you can just play it while you're walking your dog or doing whatever like it's a podcast and it's really really good and wes craven's got a great way of uh just talking about you know how he put the scenes together and the different extras and loads of different uh little pieces that i will try not to just regurgitate here because there's no point in doing that but there are a couple little pieces that i can just sort of add to to some of the trivia but yeah i really recommend it just type in screen to where's craven commentary into into youtube and it'll come up to go into my history with it so before i believe i said this on the scream episode for the first scream before i'd ever seen scream 2 i had had the entire movie described to me scene by scene the whole thing explained who the killers were some of like the like iconic lines in it you know like things like spoilers but please if you're if you're listening to this, I really hope you've seen the film. But things like Billy's mother and all of these kind of like iconic lines, I knew them all. Like, so this guy that I went to school with was so excited about the screen movies. And like you were saying, Jay, also, he also loved things like I know what he did last summer and Urban Legend and all of those kind of teen 90s horror movies. And uh, yeah, he told me the whole thing. Um, but I didn't care. I was so into it because I've always been a bit of a late bloomer and a little bit kind of immature for my age. And so I wasn't really ready for those kind of movies. I was probably still watching, you know, like Mrs. Doubtfire and things like that at this point. And it would have probably been so I think it was when I was in secondary school. So it's probably like maybe 12, 13, maybe when we were getting to watching this um and so yeah i i remember watching it with him at his house i think i watched the first maybe even the first three with him and then and then it became my thing it was like he'd sort of pass it to me and now these were like my things and i remember showing them to two people and it now being something that i was sharing with them one of them was dom and i remember us watching them together and i remember that exact evening of us watching them uh, all three in a row and I even remember very specifically that we were eating Walkers potato chips which are you call them Lay's we call them Walkers and then we had like the paprika flavor and they were like crinkle cut and big and we were enjoying the fact that they were really big and we were <laughs> dipping them in some sort of you know dip and I remember Dom you were very excited about the fact of oh that was right that was it right we had plain doritos lightly salted that were for dipping and then we had these paprika flavored crisp potato chips and i was not dipping them because you don't dip something that already has flavor on it you take the salted unflavored to create flavor and i was doing this and you said let's go against the grain put the flavored into the dip and i was like you're fucking nuts but (laughs) i wouldn't have said it like that i was like 12 i was like gee golly whiz and we and we did it and it was amazing and i remember i particularly remember from this movie we were like really into it when uh the car crashes and like the pole goes through the dude's head and then you know they're stuck in the car obviously we'll get to all of that but i remember we were like 
like you know oh my god like so suspenseful and so into it so they're great memories and then the other person that i shared this with was my dad and my dad used to always do the ironing on a sunday still does i'm sure and he would always watch films while doing the ironing and i would sit there not helping him but just watching the films and we watched the screen movies together as well so good times uh and then screen four i watched in the cinema with Ethany quite early on and then Scream 5 is the most recent one which we watched in lockdown I think or whenever that came out but hopefully we can get to all of them one a year <laughs> every Halloween that is a commitment that you're all making here are, just, are we going to finish Scream all the Scream films before we finish One Tree Hill <laughs> <laughs> could happen feels like it sometimes <laughs> But they're 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 good memories um, with Scream, as, and so I'm excited to talk about them. It's amazing detail that you remember all that. I, I now now you say these things, they sort of like flash back. You know, maybe I'd buried these memories deep, but yeah, <laughs> they do sort of um, ring true, which is good. It's just amazing detail that you you remember there. Thank you. I I think it's also because these were some of the first like quote-unquote naughty films that we were watching and i mean naughty that makes it sound like we're talking about porn i don't mean that that's near different stories but i mean <laughs> different different girly screams when we were seeing those of us screaming jesus oh, christ god <laughs> edit find the timestamp. what i mean is the these were the first like horror films that we were watching that we were probably a bit too young for like ones that we might have been getting nightmares about you know those those types where i imagine like generations before us it would have been you know nightmare on elm streets and and like the halloween movies so this was kind of like our version of that i have to say to be honest things like this still freak me out you know i I, so have you heard of the watcher seen the watcher started watching the watcher we heard of it. We started watching the first episode, immediately had to turn it off, because as you know, we're about to move to a new house. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, can't be having yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, turn that off. Don't watch it until like, you know, three years time or something like that. But started watching it, uh, watched the first two episodes today, um, and incredibly creepy and very weird. And yeah, so it kind of hits home with scream because it's just creepy and weird and yeah but the watcher is um weirder and creepier and scary and immediately makes you think who's in my cupboards (laughs) and i live in a quite a small one bedroom place so you know hopefully fucking no one (laughs) well and that's an interesting point like sarah do you did you ever or do you currently find the scream movies scary are they horror movies to you no i grew up with um, nightmare on elm street and um friday the 13th which i feel like are way more scarier than the scream movies and i don't know if it's because after scream we watched the scary movies which were the parodies so then it and now when i go back and watch scream i'm like oh there's some funny stuff happening so uh, maybe it's that, but I don't even remember. I feel like when I saw the first one in the movie theater, it was scary. And then all the ones after were not. And I was yeah. older than all of you, so. Well, and I guess it's like, it's so meta and we'll talk about all of that. It's 
that one of the first real examples of characters in a horror movie that are aware of the horror movie tropes and are talking about the horror movie tropes um and there's a very kevin williamson sort of style of writing and i think so sometimes that maybe eliminates some of the potential fear because you're like well these characters are so smart um you know it's 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 not like the sort of dumb person doing the dumb things though immediately often they do you know sarah michelle Gellar does instantly run up the stairs when you think want her to be running out the front door you know all of those kind of things but jay did you do you find these uh the screen movies scary or would you classify them as horror like that it's funny actually every time that i've ever watched the movies it wasn't scary to me it was more like a like an exciting like thrill type thing you know what i mean until actually just this last weekend i watched the first one and then i watched the second one over the course of yesterday and today but it was like late at night and i sat outside and i watched it on my hammock because like the weather here has been like super perfect so i'm sitting outside and it's dark as hell outside and i'm sitting there and i'm watching this movie and i just allowed myself to actually sit back and really think about like the possibility of something like this happening or putting myself in like their lives like what if this was actually my life like what if this was actually really going on and if you think about it from that way it's actually kind of scary if that makes any type of sense definitely i mean they definitely scared me uh, i think now I mean, in like five years, we'll get to it when we can talk about Scream 5. But um, they they turn up the the gore level to sort of 2021, 20, I think it came out last year, didn't it? 2021 level of, uh, you know, how horror is now, where it's a bit more gory. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely scary. I also remember when these movies came out, the amount of prank calls and things that I definitely thought I was hilarious doing when I was probably like 13 or 14. Uh, I think I said on last episode, I had like the voice changer thing that would give you the screen voice that would not give you the screen voice at all. <laughs> <laughs> it just sound like you're just muffled or like a dying robot or something. But uh, what well, let's, let's, I think the easiest way to break this movie down would almost be a go from kill to kill and we'll probably end up filling in the gaps in the middle uh in between them i mean the the opening of the film is really clever um when you think about it and wes craven was saying in his commentary that a big part of the premise of this movie was to make it a comment commentary on violence in movies and the audience's perception of that being like an excuse for violent behavior in the real world and that was kind of the narrative that was going on with him at the time where he where Wes Craven was getting a lot of pushback for his movies you know being being overly violent etc etc so I think it's 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 a really interesting point that they're we've got characters in the movie going to see a movie about the first movie stab but wait before we do that i forgot we when we do these movie episodes we always talk about budget and we talk about the gross at the box office so dom you can go first my friend 
What is your guess at the budget of Scream 2? Ooh, so mid to late 90s, quite a big cast, I seem to remember. Well, I watched it yesterday, but also, how well were they known at the time? I'm going to go for around 30 million as the budget. Okay. I'll go for 30 million, about there. Jay, what's your guess? Uh, I'm going to go with around 33. Ooh, going a little higher, a little higher. Sarah, you're in the industry, okay? We will be judging you if you get this wrong. We expect you to know. What's I don't your do guess? movies. I do TV shows. Um, I think it was higher because I think Scream 1 did well. And also, but the celebrities who were in it weren't really celebrities yet, um, except for maybe Courtney Cox. I'm going to say closer to 50. 50 million dollars. The closest person is, and as much as I hate to say it, Dom. (laughs) It was actually 24 million. So quite modest, quite modest, really. Well, and this was released just under a year after the first Scream, which is crazy. They started shooting Scream 2 six months, just six months after the release of the first Scream. And then to have it released within a year is kind of, is pretty much like unprecedented. Right, Sarah? That's like not normal to get a sequel out that quickly. I feel like they did so well with the first one. I don't know if the second was the second one planned while they were doing the first one. There was, was a just five. Like... There was like a five-page treatment um, for the for Scream Two, and actually, the bit that had been written was this opening scene about there being a movie about the what happened in the first movie. That was that was like the spec script. Um, but this Scream Two was the first one of the first Hollywood movies that suffered with the scripts leaking onto the internet. How crazy is this? 1997. And the fir- uh, Kevin Williamson wrote the first 30 pages of the script, sent it over to Wes Craven in the studio, and that night it was on the internet. <laughs> so there was like a leak in like the studio or whatever. And so because of that, they when they were writing the script, it really slowed it down because it had to be so sort of like cryptic and uh and the pages kept getting out um or like from production like to the internet it kept leaking repeatedly so they had to start basically writing it while they were shooting it at the same time so there are some little like plot holes within the script where Wes Craven was basically saying, but what could I do? I was like writing it as we were doing it. So like an example of that is at the beginning, they're piecing the names together. Like the uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's name is like Maureen Maureen. from Maureen Prescott and someone else's name was Stevens from this, that and the other. And then it goes nowhere. Like it it just gets lost in the first act and it never picks up. And that was because it was, written in the original part of the script and then it was it didn't really you know they just kind of lost it over different drafts so yeah it's so bizarre it's crazy that 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 happened you might just just like in that day and age as well just take the bloody plug out your computer it's dial up wasn't it it's not as if it's wi-fi just pull the plug out you won't have any problems (laughs) crazy um but 
that's on one end. That's how much it took to make it. But how much did it gross worldwide? Worldwide. Let's go the other way around this time. Sarah, what do you reckon Screen 2 grossed? I don't know. I did so bad on the first one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you didn't do that bad. Um, let's say it, 100. It quadrupled what it cost. Okay, 100 million. So that would be good. That would be good profit. Jay, what do you reckon? Um, I'm going to... 56 million is popping in my head, but I feel like that's not right. But that's the only number I can come up with right now. 56? Okay, yeah. that's still, that would still more than double the budget, so that would be a success. Dom? I'm going to put their numbers together. I'm going to say 156 million. <laughs> wow. Then technically, Sarah is closest on this one. It was a hundred. Oh no! Damn it! Damn it! The hell! <sighs> I read the numbers wrong. Damn it! Dom's closest. Hundred and seventy-two million. I I looked at the twenty-four again and was like, oh, it's a hundred and twenty-four. A hundred and seventy-two million. So that's huge. Twenty-four million budget. Hundred and seventy-two million. No wonder they went for another one and another one and another one. Crazy, yeah. crazy money making franchise. And over a hundred million of that was gross in the first weekend. Bloody hell. And in, in that well, I like in that day and age as well, it just seems like crazy, doesn't it? It just seems nuts. I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine they blatantly had it coming out around Halloween as well. Can you imagine the cam what comes out Halloween weekend, everyone goes to see it. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah definitely and just just another one i just want to throw this in this is a bit of trivia just so i don't forget but did you know so you can see matthew lillard who was stew in scream one you can see him as an extra in the background of a scene in scream two did not know that <laughs> where yeah it's actually at the party scene when they're at the uh where Hallie's trying to pledge, where they're at that party, it's out back when they're standing out back talking. Yeah. So he he was dating Nev Campbell in real life at that point. So just was just there visiting her on set. And they just thought it'd be funny if they could just get him to sort of walk across the background <laughs> of a scene. So you can see him. He's got like sort of like bright blonde hair, like it's sort of been like died or or whatever i don't know if they did that temporarily just so it's like not so obviously him but uh yeah dom you don't you're not satisfied by that you don't like that i'm just annoyed that i might have to go back and watch it to find him (laughs) well good okay well should we talk about let's talk about like you said, Dom, there is such a big cast of people before they had really hit, like, super hard. I mean, Jada and uh, Omar Epps were already, you know, famous at this point. But I don't know, was was Love and Basketball out at this point? That's what I mainly know Omar Epps from. Sarah, I'm looking to you. Do you know? I don't know if it was out. I knew him from other stuff also. Yeah, I know him before this movie. I know him from House, but it's way after this. Yeah, so. yeah. That, he was in a movie called Higher Learning. I think that might have come out earlier. 
So already, you know, established, and uh, the same with Jada. I don't know if she if she was with Will Smith at this point. Maybe this is a little bit before that. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's it's a great intro. She wants to go see the Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> the the person that takes, I think no, it's like a popcorn girl or someone in the like confectionery bit is an extra that got to say one line and she was a contest winner. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, she was a contest winner. The Also, the usher standing out front was Nev Campbell's stunt double. Nice. Nice. Good fact. Good fact. Um, it's, it's, again, we've got the characters commenting on what they're what they're doing what they're seeing and the ridiculous the ridiculousness of it and then finding themselves in that situation jada uh had said to wes craven that she wants her death to be the most brutal death that it could possibly be and um for christmas that year after the movie had wrapped she bought him a uh, set of steak knives for christmas like <laughs> <laughs> if anything if anything uh, i reckon i'd have killed her before we got in the cinema to be fair she's so annoying just like moaning. shut up she's so, so much annoying. moaning yeah i'll tell you what, you go and see the sandra bullock movie i'll go and watch this one and i'll see you never afterwards <laughs> goodbye <laughs> well dom i have to ask you this right as uh as the british british man that you are this is a, a cinema experience like we would never have experienced right like as in the absolute pandemonium pandemonium of the audience and chaos oh, the, the shushing would have been un, unreal wouldn't it the shushing <laughs> the the glares that everything there would have been walking walkouts all sorts it just wouldn't happen would not happen over here no chance but sarah is that an atmosphere that you could actually imagine in the like mid to late 90s on an opening night Never, no. I mean, I never went to a movie like that. But I mean, I know for Rocky Horror, everyone gets dressed up and acts out the movie. So I guess, you know, Ghostface was a good character to dress as. Definitely. I mean, people dress up for Star Wars movies, but they're not like having sword fights in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, chasing each other around like halfway through right. through the film. <laughs> what? Jay, have you ever experienced anything like that? Like a an audience participation like that? I've been to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that's about it. As far as like any other movie going, I've never experienced anything like that. I don't think I'd be able to sit down and watch a movie like that. <laughs> I, I have to say, when uh, F and I were in uh, New Orleans and we went and watched it when it came out, uh, which was, when was that? It was 2017, right? And... I think it was around Halloween and we went to it was like one of those fancy cinemas where you can like press a button and they bring you like food to your uh, you know like cooked food and champagne and cocktails and stuff to like your seat and the atmosphere in there was crazy like it was opening night as well so I remember we couldn't it was all sold out the first screenings we had to go somewhere else and we went to like a bar to wait for the next screening and it was like jumping like the whole audience were like 
but it was like good audience participation. It wasn't crazy or chaotic like that, but it was good. Like people were all laughing, they were all scared, all reacting. And we actually said it was like probably the most fun cinema experience that we'd ever had. And we put it down to Americans just really being into it <laughs> and enjoying it and us enjoying that enthusiasm. But I think this goes into a different realm where, like you said, Dom, I think, yeah, the it would it'd be too much. It would be too much. But Dom, did you know there was a guest director that directed the stab scenes? Any guesses to who it was? Oh. They had to go uncredited for legal reasons. No idea. Anyone? Jay, do you know? I bet you know. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I do know that he directed them and then due to legal reasons, Craven had to go back and redirect them. But I can't remember his go. name. No. Sarah, no. It was uh, Robert Rodriguez. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's like famous horror horror movie director, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, and obviously we get Heather Graham in there. Um, later we have like Tory Spelling. Wait, I have a, so the Heather Graham thing, which I thought was funny. I forgot that she played Drew's part in Stab. And Drew said that she actually, she tried out for Roller Girl for Boogie Nights. So I thought it was funny that Heather Graham was playing her in Stab. And, well, that is funny. And it's great. The way she plays it is she's playing like bad acting on purpose, right? To try and sort of uh add add in the to sort of the tropiness of it um okay dom scenario for you right you go you need the twitter oh okay you had what were you drinking pepsi pepsi max we'll go for pepsi max yeah (laughs) you asked for it without ice because you know you hate it when they pull the ice in so they don't put as much drink in uh so you were you were trying to it was a life hack so that you'd get more you know you even saw in the cup they only filled it to two thirds and you're like excuse me sir i need the rest of my drink you know you were that guy he glared at you while he filled it back up but you were like fuck it i paid for it i'm living my life absolutely you drunk you were drinking a lot of it because your girlfriend jada really really winding you up tonight a lot of whining a lot of moaning about Sandra Bullock. So you're drinking, you have a lot of sips, you need to go to the bathroom, the restroom. You go, you're, um, you know, doing your business and you hear some sort of like giggling noise from the next cubicle. Now, remembering the sanitary and hygiene of bathrooms that are used by the public, do you, option A, you know, just leave and ignore because creepy or option b put your ear up to the to the wall of the cubicle and giggle along because you're amused by it your choice what do you do i mean b is so tempting isn't it (laughs) you get the opportunity to have a little laugh you know they sound like they're having fun you could be having fun i mean any experience Away from Jada is a good experience, even if it results in you getting stabbed in the ear. (laughs) Sorry, not in the ear, through the ear as well. Just like take a dagger to the brain 
and I'm good. <laughs> well, apparently, if you like listen really closely, the whispering is stuff about about Billy Loomis from the first movie, something like that, Jay. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Them talking about Billy Loomis. I don't know for sure. I can't really make it out too much, but that's what it's supposed. That's what I've read. But I also agree then, with um, a knife through the ear versus going back to Jada. Totally worth it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, Sarah, he gets stabbed in the ear. I mean, even in like in late nineties, this is kind of. This is pretty gruesome, you know, and he plays it pretty well. Were were you impressed or not for you? Sure. That's the first kill of the movie. It was it was okay. But I just like how the two other the other two scream uh ghost face guys are, are at the urinals and they just walk out. <laughs> right. And and the guy who stabbed him had stayed and took his jacket off. True, and I guess no one. I'm guessing he left or she. I don't know. Do we know? I, I know there's YouTube videos that work out who Who's the who? killer was. Yeah, but whichever one it was must have left his body in the cubicle. Um, oh no, it must have been. Um, it must have been. What's his name? <laughs> what's Timmy Timothy Oliphant's character's name? Mickey. Mickey, it must have been Mickey because obviously he was like, you know, his frame to fill in the jacket, right? It wouldn't have been the jacket would have swallowed Billy's mother, wouldn't it? (laughs) But I think the whole thing is the the commentary of then when Jada gets stabbed, um, that no one does anything because there's like that horror of she's actually gasping for air and and help, and they everyone thinks she's playing along. Like I think that is a really I mean, horrible, but cool concept for a horror movie. No, Sarah, it was. No, I did. No, I thought it was. I was like, no one's going to no one notices this because they think it's part of that. The whole act of what's happening in the theater. Yeah. Don, what's your problem? No, uh, no, nothing. I just think it's just (laughs) it's just so bizarre. It's so crazy. Everybody's running around with a a glow in the dark screen face on. Everybody's got a glow in the dark you know, you know, dagger and they're all pretending and messing about. And then all of a sudden she's there in the middle with this real knife, like hanging and out of her. And she just crawls up to the front and just, just screams and, and bellows out. And, and that's it. It just, it was just seemed a bit like bizarre and unusual, but I guess if you're going to get away with it anywhere, like in a, in a mass sort of public arena, that's the place to do it. Yeah, and I mean, the scream she actually lets out is, like, spine-tingling. Mm. Like, it is a great performance. Like, Jay, what did you think of Jada's performance? Oh, yeah, dude, you can't help but to feel that scream. Like, I don't really care for Jada any which way, but she did, a, like, a phenomenal job with that. I will give her that for sure. I think it's crazy. I mean, if you're going to get away with a murder in a movie theater, the chaos that was going in there, I mean, that was perfect setting for that. So I thought they did really good with that. It was, it was unique. I feel to anything else that we had seen at the time or really even to much now. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's a solid, it's a solid open. And then, so we'll go kill by kill, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> 
the next big scene of note that we need to talk about is the debate that they have in film class where they're talking about sequels and are there good sequels and everything. And you've got Joshua Jackson in there, Dawson's Creek, but Dom, Charlie Conway from the Mighty Ducks, of course. <laughs> right? Would you, would you, do you, are you more familiar with him from other things? Uh, no, no, I think yeah, the Mighty Ducks, exactly like you said. I just think, oh, flicking back to the conversation now, it's only really now that I realised you know, after you saying that there were plot holes and the writing was being done at the same time and so on and so forth, that the conversation about sequels, there are mentions of films that are sequels that are trilogies. So someone eventually, I think it's Mickey, eventually says Empire Strikes Back, best sequel ever, continues the story, or you you get resolutions to, to the first, you know, Star Wars film, et cetera, et cetera. And um, Randy says it's part of a trilogy, so it doesn't count. But all of the sequels they mentioned were part of trilogies. So they mentioned um, The Godfather Part 2, part of a trilogy. They mentioned... Um, what was the other one? Terminator. Well, the, okay, Terminator was was uh, just two at the time. But they mentioned Aliens, part of a trilogy at the time. You know, So there's all these elements that didn't quite fit w- with what they were already saying but there was some fantastic point i mean like to sit in a classroom and just talk about films in that manner and sequels and and what's good about it what's shit about it what you know what we, you would do different and how they were taught they built that in to you know what had happened um you, you know with the was it willsborough not willsborough the mm-hmm. murder oh the Woodsboro murders now this this Wood, is Woodsboro is the you know is the, the the kind of first film this is the sequel and it was the sequel and there's that like meta element as well but just I just like the fact that they were comparing um like their so-called real life to 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 sequels and how good they are etc and um yeah it just it's just really good there's obviously the rules of the the films and you know, that continues, like Jamie Kennedy's character continues that, you know, throughout his time at least. Anyway, which is good. I enjoy those bits. I, I hate to be that guy and almost like as if we're going to continue the debate that, that is there in the classroom, like we're having it now. But maybe is the point that Star Wars was always intended to be a trilogy and like the Terminator and Aliens and things were maybe one of one as they were going but star wars it was all what george lucas always wanted it to be free movies it's a good point it's a very good point he makes this is now when you're supposed this is now when you're supposed to do the impressions and that jay (laughs) says something sarah says something it's a whole thing but that that classroom scene i remember watching it when i was younger and was like this is what i want to do with my life (laughs) I took media, right, as a B-Tech, which uh, for our international listeners, a B-Tech was like, I don't know, how do you describe the difference between a B-Tech and A-Levels? It's major and minor? Your major and your minor? No, this was like for... for, Because we finished secondary school at 16. It's like that middle ground between leaving high school and starting college. Yeah. It's like whatever you can do in the middle and it's it's there <laughs> i think a levels were like for people that were a bit more book smart this is i mean i might just be getting this wrong and b techs were for people that like 
you didn't do exams, you did coursework. So maybe for people that are a bit more like, Hands I don't on. know, practical, creative, as we'll call it. It was me. I was the B-Tech guy. Dom, you were A-levels, weren't you? I did A-levels, yeah. <laughs> you, you flashy prick. <laughs> didn't say Didn't say I did well in my A-levels. What did you study? Law? Business? English? Uh, I, I did drama, English literature, Spanish and history. That's, well, you fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you get what'd you get uh i got a, you better have done good in spanish i got a b for spanish so doing doing spanish at a level was like doing english literature but in spanish oh wow yeah so you have to like analyze a book in in another language essentially so, so there's I more got, it's more than just like le- speaking and learning the language it's like proper literature of it and all of oh, that yeah stuff. yeah yeah um a B is really good. So a B for that. And I got a B in drama and a C in the other two, English and history. Well, that's really, that's really good results. Not too bad. Good results. Well, I dropped out of media after three months and it started <laughs> the, it started the, the period of the chapter of my life that we uh, lovingly refer to now as when Simon went off of the rails. <laughs> but, um, but this was not what was happening in my media classes. I really, I wish it was because these are like the debates. This is the other thing about the screen movies is, and it's great to watch them now. And it's great to, we know the knowledge and whatever. But I mean, like uh, Nev Campbell in this movie, I don't know how old she actually was. But she could be like 30 years old, you know, like it's Jamie Kennedy, all of them. They don't look like they're 18 years old, you know, at all, at all. I mean, they, they also don't even dress them like that. You know, and I don't know if it's just me that was always wearing hoodies and joggers and stuff at that age. But, you know, wearing clothes that like my mum would wear, you know, I don't shout out to my mum, I guess. I mean, Sarah, is this... Am I am I wrong here, or is this what American eighteen year olds dress like, like they're going to trial or something? <laughs> it, it depends on where they were going to school too. Okay. And if they were living there, and if they were what what they were part of doing there, if they had jobs after that they had to go to. I didn't question what they were wearing. But did you question them looking eighteen? Hmm. I guess it was when you were just suspending reality. Like you just were like, oh yeah, if they just graduated high school, we assume. But also college here, you can be 18 and you can be 50. Like it's such a mixture of ages. You were only thinking they were 18 because we just came off the first movie. Right, right, right. Okay. What do you think, Jay? Do you think, uh, do you believe them as 18 or you just think it's like a 90s thing? You know, like how Chad Michael Murray and all of them were older in real life in One Tree Hill. Yeah, I don't think I really put too much thought into how old they looked. I just, like Sarah said, kind of just went along with the movie. Like, you know, like she said, I mean, over here at college, you can be any age. And I don't really remember if they were, like, specific on how many years this was after the first one. Was it just a year after? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. I never really paid too much mind to it. Or the dressing, like she said. I mean, it depends on where you go to school. I mean, like, at my schools, you know, kids have their days where they come in joggers and hoodies and the other days they dress fairly normal 
ish. So. And I'm totally with it. Like, I love it. It just like I, I mean, I guess we do have those types of conversations now. I mean, the conversation they're having in the classroom, you could just record that and that's like a great podcast episode to me anyway. So I guess we try and emulate that classroom setting every single week. We're trying to emulate it right now. Um, so I love it. And like you said, Dom, I mean, the Jamie Kennedy's character is so beloved by the fans of this franchise and there was such outroar with his fate in this when 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 we will talk about that when we get to it uh, um okay so the next kill if i am not mistaken is sarah michelle geller is that right i'm pretty sure that's right i think so mm-hmm. so sarah were you a buffy fan or oh, i should have gone to you Dom. i know that you are sarah are you i was not Jay? Sorry. Yeah, I definitely was. I was super excited when I seen her in this. It made the movie that much better for me. I'm still waiting for Dom's Buffy podcast. What's going on with that? We'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there. Just delays in everything I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, Dom, have you... Did you watch Buffy back in the day? Or I know this is something that you're revisiting with your girlfriend, but did you were you familiar with it when we would have watched Scream Two for the first time? I, well, funny enough, um, Buffy came out in the same year, so ninety seven. So I probably would have watched it a bit later. So like, let's say the year after ninety eight, ninety nine, around there. So definitely watched it as it was, you know, being produced and coming out on like a regular schedule. Um, but there's like a little nod to, to Buffy, I think in the, there's a couple of little nods to, to other, you know, projects that people are linked to. So Buffy gets a little nod because one of the films that she flicks to is Nosferatu, which is, you know, Nosferatu the Vampire. So I I thought that was a a nod to her being Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then running around the house and, and so on and so forth. And then there's like another one later on where David Schwimmer's mentioned, it's like a nod to, to friends. And I think there's probably more. They're the two main ones that I picked up on. When in, when she was in the house on the phone, she actually mentioned um, Party of Five. Well, she didn't say Party of Five, but she mentioned the characters from Party of Five. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I, I don't even think I realized that the first time. Yeah, there's just little bits like like nuggets like that that kept dropping in, which I thought was really good. But um, yeah, like my familiarity with, with Buffy was a lot more than these until you know, watching them, I guess. I, I think I've only actually seen this film probably three times. I think I think watching it yesterday would be the third or fourth time. So not that familiar with that. Whereas I've seen Buffy probably all the way through, all the way through at least once and then loads of episodes repeatedly. Nice. Well, we look forward to the Buffy podcast i I mean we put the buffy logo in the new podcast artwork so it is slated for release at some point are you going to do one episode how many episodes are in a season oh i I think they're in the 20 so 22 to 24 around there it's quite a few so if we were doing if we did it episodically it would take a while and there's seven seasons well i was gonna i was gonna say maybe you could maybe you should do it one episode for every half season, like how mm. we did Dawson's Creek, but I, th- at the I think same, the, yeah. I think the first season is the only season, you know, like The Office, where it's like six or seven episodes, like n- not long at all, and then it's like, yeah, here's some money because you know to make yeah. shit loads more, so they just did. So, yeah, season one will be easy. 
Nice. Well, we look forward to hearing that. Uh, another one, another one of those little like meta nods was uh, when Courtney Cox or Gail was saying that uh, there were there were naked pictures of her going out online, and she was like, "Oh, it's just my head on Jennifer Aniston's body," which <laughs> was also a nod to real life at that time because there were fake nude pictures of Courtney Cox on the internet. You totally took my time, and I was about to say that you beat me to Sorry, it. Jay. Sorry. <laughs> the commentary is in my head still from just earlier. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you listened to that commentary, Jay? No, I haven't actually. Uh I have the uh the box set for the first three movies. I've had them forever, but it was never something I was really into. It's something I've more gotten into a little bit as I've gotten older. I just haven't gotten around to that one yet. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. It's great. Well, Sarah Michelle Gellar was also like an early, an early crush. I mean, like let's not let's not lie about this. I mean, it was right at that peak time of uh, you know self discovery. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the movie Cruel Intentions. Oh yeah. Uh, painted her in a different light, you know, in that kind of like because she was always kind of the sweet vampire slayer and uh this was painting her into like the evil stepsister and whatever else which you know we also like (laughs) (laughs) sarah have you seen cruel intentions of course i have oh okay you say that another movie i saw in the movie theater (laughs) because all these movies came out when i was like high school college Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is we should do Cruel Intentions for Valentine's Day. Why not? <laughs> sure. It's not really a, uh, it's not really a rom-com, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Was Joshua Jackson in that too? Yeah, right? Or am I making that up? What? No, he might. I haven't seen it in he, years. That He might yeah, be. He, that sounds... He, he is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he, he is. is right? yeah. He's like on a, like a rowing team or something, isn't he? I think um, so. I know he's in it. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. It's not like a what? huge part, if I remember correctly, but he's in it, I believe. Yeah. It, is it Sel- Selma Blair? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm Reese Witherspoon. Are you about wait, wait, to take yeah. it? No, go on. Go on, Jay. No, no, no. Go on, go on. No, go on. I got the last one. You go. Uh, she's on the phone, right? She's talking to Cece on the phone. That's her, correct? Yes. Yep. Yep, oh. yep, yep. So... The girl that's on the phone to Sarah Michelle Gellar is Selma Blair, and that was her first part in Hollywood, and then she would go on to do Cruel Intentions with Sarah Michelle Gellar, coincidentally. Uh, and they do that right, kiss, so when, right? So when she was talking about Party of Five, the character she was talking about was Sarah, who was, um, what's her name, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who was in, I know what you did last summer with Sarah Michelle Gellar. And Jennifer Love Hewitt <laughs> dated Will Friedle, who was Eric in Boy Meets World. There you go. Just so mixed, isn't it? Just small meets world is what it should be called. <laughs> uh, Boy Meets World did a Scream episode as well. Well, anyway, never mind. So, okay. This is the time, Dom, where we need to ask you to do your best Scream voice on the phone impression you do all the impressions we can hear and in fact the way we'd like to hear it is i'd like you to do both ends of the conversation 
One end is a screen voice, and the other end is Paul Johansson. <laughs> Paul Johansson doesn't fit with this. All I really want to say is, don't forget to set the alarm. <laughs> That's been in my head since yesterday. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> and then panics. And she does it. She does set the alarm. She, it's pointless. He's already in. Just don't go back in. Don't phone security. Run to the security. Just, just you're already outside. Just keep going. Don't go back in. Never mind. She did. <laughs> never, never mind, Sarah Michelle. Geller. She's not going to listen to me now, is she? You know, Sarah. Oh, the the girl who runs in, who lets him in, was Marisol Nichols, who's been in like tons of movies, also, and she was in Riverdale. Oh, she was it. She was that. She played the daughter in uh, National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. Let's go. So she's been around a while. And this sorority house is huge. Massive. Huge. Huge. There's so many stairs. <laughs> so high. <laughs> right? Just more opportunity to throw plant pots and bikes and stuff at, you know, the impending doom that you're about to face with a knife attacker running at you. Yeah, and Jay... Ghostface is so clumsy. I know. I've never quite. I mean, I guess it gives it that comedy aspect of it, which is why I'm sure they gave it. But it's almost in every every screen movie too. Like they're always clumsy. I've never understood that. Yeah, and I mean, and like you said, Sarah, you can only ever really think of scary movie, especially with like the Jada bit at the beginning. Where, you know, in Scary Movie, it's, oh, what's her name? She's such a good actress. Uh, in Nine Perfect Strangers, you guys seen that on Amazon? So good. But from from Scary Movie, oh, I'm going to have to look it up because it's going to really annoy me. But she does such a good impression, you know, when she's like on the phone. She's like, I'm just watching Shakespeare in Love, you know, <laughs> and then she... And then she gets, she gets up. Like all of them things always run, run through your mind, you know. Um, okay, our boy Jerry O'Connell. His character's name. Wait, was it Derek? It's Derek, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Derek. So Derek, he gets uh, his arm cut, but it doesn't slice any veins or arteries or anything and he's going to be a doctor or he's like a med student so that, you know it's questions they always point in the finger at him but this is where i need to stop for a second and sarah you obviously can choose to you don't have to comment and i can edit this out if you don't want to but i have to ask you this question where's craven on the commentary jokingly sort of bantering was saying he was jerry o'connell great actor great performer a bit difficult to work with. Um, now, as someone that has worked with him, can you comment? I did not find him difficult at all. But I worked with him years later. I mean, he was like an adult. Right, okay. <laughs> because he was a kid actor, right? Because he was in Stand By Me. Yeah, that's where he started. No, I worked, when did I work with him? 2000, maybe 12 or 13, somewhere around there. He was great. He came in, did what he needed to do. He, he he played around a little too much because it took longer to do it because he would joke around a lot. But, you know, he was awesome. Oh, he was, like he was also playing with... himself. He wasn't, it wasn't a character. He was like hosting the show. 
That's cool. And like playing around. So like he was being cool with like the people on set and everything. So I'm guessing it sounds like positive. Maybe he got better as he aged. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think they weren't saying they were saying he was like they weren't really slandering him or anything like that. But I think they were saying, I don't know, maybe it sounded like he was being a bit deaverish. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's being taken out of context. People listen to the DVD commentary and let me know what your thoughts are. But that's good to know because if Sarah says it's so, then it is so. Dom, did you ever suspect him at all? Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll say because when I was rewatching, I thought it's just, it just seems a bit too, like, coincidental that he wasn't hurt in a serious way. And, you know, the, the, freaky boyfriend in the last film and his stupid mate he's got a stupid mate he's a bit of a freaky boyfriend it just yeah just fit with the whole you know um scheme of it all you know considering the last film uh and that and that plot line so yeah i I was suspicious of him for a while Uh, like i said until i saw laurie metcalf who's was mrs loomis until i saw her i was like I remember now it's all hitting home and um but it wasn't the first time we said because we she's reporting isn't she and like supposedly reporting and quite click then it was a, it was like her second appearance when she's on the phone and I was like right okay I remember now it's her <laughs> um so yeah I, I suspected him up until that point and I just have to say because I looked it up Regina Hall Regina Hall wonderful actress and she's great in that scary movie scene, it's almost like she's too funny that it it kind of can withdraw from the actual movie sometimes. Laurie Metcalf, I, I don't know her from anything but this. But so, but so she's super famous from other things, right? She was, she was from, in Roseanne. She's from Roseanne, yeah. Yep. She was a sister. Uh, she had Big Bang Theory as well. She's Sheldon's mum. Is that her? I don't think it's I think... the mom. I think she might be in it, but I don't think it's his mom. I think Sheldon's mum is um, Diane Lockhart from The Good Wife and The Good uh, Fight. Um, but yeah, maybe she plays someone else's mum in it or something. Cause I think I, I, I think I remember what you're talking about. Maybe does she play Thingy's mum? The the guy isn't he from Roseanne? Yeah, the um, yeah. Johnny Galecki. Yeah, yeah, isn't maybe his mum is her. We'll find no, <laughs> no, I don't think it is either. I actually just seen an episode of Big, Big Bang Theory like last week for the first time in years, and it was the episode where his mom showed up, and it wasn't her. Okay, well, so, but she is famous. She's been in things because I think she was maybe in that's something for nine seasons, right? So, so okay, so that's big. Yeah. Uh, so, because I, I think maybe. You think that's maybe a bit of a giveaway to people that if she pops up, that she's going to have more to do than just being this little side character? No, because, I mean, other people popped up and they were just, you know, side characters. I mean, Drew was, you know, killed in the first eight minutes. Jada Pinkett Smith was killed. Jada Pinkett was killed in the first six minutes. So I didn't, I mean, I think when I first saw it, I never questioned, I, I didn't think she was the killer. Okay. I was like, oh, it's a cameo. Well, and speaking of people that pop up, we have Cotton that keeps popping up. Um, <laughs> that just wants his Diane Sawyer interview, which, uh, I mean, let's talk about that. 
the man got put in prison for a year. He didn't do it. Was proved innocent. He wants to clear his name publicly. Now, okay, he doesn't need to necessarily involve Sydney, but the the interviewers, the Diane Sawyers of the world, they want them both to make it prime time, right? Sarah, you know all about this. But, but people don't get paid for those interviews. Well, because when they said 10,000, I was thinking, is that maybe actually a little bit low? Like, I thought they'd get paid more than that, no? Well, all those, like, day lines and 2020s and all that stuff, it's all, it's considered news. Like, it's not, it's not, you're not breaking the bank with those. There's maybe right. some perks, but you're not getting paid a lot. Okay, so is it maybe then, if, say, if he then got onto TV then he could maybe sell his story as like an exclusive to a newspaper or write the book or whatever and then cash in. I would say that's more likely to happen. Okay. Well, do you think it's fair for him to ask to want this, you know, or is he pushing the line? What do we think? Jay, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's absolutely fair. I mean... She put him in jail for a, or prison for a year. I mean, he's just asking for an interview. It's not like it would really hurt her or harm her anyway. I mean, I know she wants to stay out of the spotlight. And given the timing, I think the timing's absolutely wrong for him to be asking her with all the other murders and stuff going on. But I think it's justified for him to ask. And Dom, I couldn't help but think when when Gail goes for the interview and just brings him out. And it's not planned. You know, he doesn't know that, but it's kind of a sneak attack. I couldn't help but think that this is what we're going to try and do to Chad. (laughs) He's not going to know he's going to be on the podcast and we're just going to try and put a microphone in his face. Yeah, but luckily neither of us have been suspected of killing his mother. So I think we'll be okay, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what did you think? Did you think it was reasonable for Cotton to to want or expect this interview or actually Sydney has a right to privacy? Well, uh, there's a reasonableness about it and there's a, you know, respect of privacy as well. I think that he surely would have got some form of compensation for wrongful imprisonment. Does that happen in the States? That would definitely happen over here. If he was put in prison for a year and he was then found innocent, he would then be given a shitload of money anyway. Um, From who? any like from whoever maybe the crown prosecution service over here there would be like uh we're sorry we put you in prison it was our mistake and they could sue basically sue culture you'd be able to sue someone surely isn't that what happened with um Stephen avery that that he was going to get like millions upon millions because he was been in he was in prison the first time for so long and then just be- and that's why a lot of people thought that he was set up the second time was so they didn't have to pay him out. Magdalena's going fucking crazy listening <laughs> to this. I can feel her typing in the comments already, can't you? Her keyboard is on fire right now. Just coming for you though, so that's fine. But I, I think I think that we're back to Cotton very quickly. I think he's incredibly creepy as well. I've used that word quite a lot, but he sort of is you know personifies creepy he's just got an air of weirdness about him and he still had an involvement with her mother so i think keeping her distance from him is is like sensible he's still strange 
maybe even a little deranged. <laughs> um, so it's worth just keeping, keeping distance. And I think, yeah, she, you know, Sydney definitely deserves her, her privacy and, and to stay away and, and not be, you know, forced into something that she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to, you know, bring up her mother's, you know, death and killing, whatever that might be. And the fact that it was her boyfriend at the time and his mate that was that was doing it and the you know and all these crazy things are all linked to her she's the common denominator each time and cotton is a kind of a horrible reminder of that and dragging it all up is just yeah not great so i can see his you know desire to spread the word because he wants to really proclaim his innocence and tell everyone that he's not the bad guy here and has never been um he's just sort of you know wrong place wrong time kind of guy the full guy and he sarah went on to be like he did ray did ray donovan right mm-hmm. and i i'm just looking up his name we have schreiber <laughs> yes um yeah he's in loads of things and so i think they just must have got lucky with him because he was literally in it for like five seconds in the first screen movie it's just like on the tv in the background and then he obviously became a big thing and i think he gives one of the best performances in this Do you, any what other things he's been in he's in ray sarah i look to you as like a bibliography of people's yeah, filmographies I, I, I look to imdb <laughs> you cheat us this whole time no well um okay i think then maybe oh well dewey comes back good to see dewey i didn't quite get whether he was still a police officer or not but when i looked into it he's not and that's why he doesn't have a gun that doesn't stop you in america (laughs) you know no offense anyone but i've he's doesn't he sort of turn himself into like a private investigator have i made that up yeah kind of more or less i mean he's just there trying to figure it out yeah i kind of just assumed that he was still working on things but he had his he has his disadvantage now because of his injuries from scream um yeah i can't i can't take him seriously as a character I find it really, really difficult to sort of sit there and watch it and take him seriously and think, yes, he's a credible person. And he manages to f- survive. He's like, he's a cockroach, isn't he? He's just going to keep coming back. He's, n- he's just not going to die. Thoughts, questions, comments? <laughs> you haven't se- have you seen the most recent Scream? No. <laughs> I'll leave that in the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I I don't care about spoilers, so if anyone spoils it, it's fine. <laughs> no, well, for when we cover it, don't watch it because then you will. Uh, that'll be interesting to hear your first perspective on it. Sarah, okay. have you seen the new Scream? Don't watch it. You gotta watch it for the podcast. Jay, I'm sure you must have watched it. <laughs> oh yeah, I seen it opening weekend. There we go. Sure it is. <laughs> Straight in there. <laughs> oh yeah. They gave out little like posters and stuff for it too, actually. I was going to say, did you get oh, a God. mask and a glow glow in the dark knife? No, no knife, but I do have a mask. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I think I was Ghostface for like six consecutive Halloweens. 
Excellent. It's like a perfect costume as well. It's like no fuss, you know. I, I remember that you used to be able to get one that had like a like a pump sort of thing, you know, like an old blood pressure pump. Yeah, and yeah. It, the blood the blood would then pour down your face. That was, sure did. Yeah, I had that one. That was a creepy one. Yeah. Do you know what freaks me out as well? Do you know? <laughs> Simon, you might have seen this. This probably doesn't happen in the States much, but when you walk past the van and you see a face in the van and, and the like van drivers over here just put like a mask on their seat so people stay away from their van. Have you seen this? No. Right, next time I walk past the van and it's got it, I'll, sh- I'll send you a picture because it freaks me out every time I walk past them and it'll be ghost face or it'll be like a a scary mask from a, a film and they, they, they put them, they put them on their vans that, you know, the headrest in your seat, they put them in the seat so that people think there's someone in the van and they don't go and like rob their tools or whatever. Do you think maybe this is just something that happens in the vans near where you live? Because I don't know <laughs> if this is, are we not maybe giving too much away? I'm going to drive around where you live and I'm going to follow a van that has this. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds normal. <laughs> <laughs> I've got time. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen that here for years now too. Actually, it's it Perfect. mostly is around like Halloween time, but they do do that here too, though. I see it all the time. This yeah, is just okay. A, all, all the time thing over here. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's not all the time. It's mostly <laughs> Halloween time, but it does I'm have a picture and send it to you all, so you know what I'm talking about. And I don't look like a complete lunatic. <laughs> A, va- a van parked opposite my house on uh, the Queen's Jubilee and uh, our people were having like a street party and whatever because it was the Queen's Jubilee and uh, it wasn't parked illegally, no double yellow lines, nothing like that. Uh, <laughs> our neighbours had it towed because it was in the way. <laughs> so that's what happens that to the van. <laughs> that's what happens to the vans around where I live. Scary it was in the, the way. Seat. Just get it out. It doesn't matter. Not looking. Get it towed. Get that fucking van off my street. That's what. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. It's all right. I'm leaving soon. But. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. So. Dewey has great interaction with uh, Randy and they go through the rules, what you were alluding to earlier, Dom. Mm-hmm. And talking about sequels it's different a lot of this feels like it's put together for the trailer i basically lived and breathed on anything randy said when i was a kid watching it he was just like the coolest person alive um sarah how's jamie kennedy received nowadays in the united states like as in because he feels like someone that's more famous there than he is here like he's famous here because of scream and stuff but maybe he's like you know, more readily available on American TV and things. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while. I mean, I saw him on the Scream reunion last year. He came on to surprise everyone. He was like full beard, like straggly hair. I don't know. He looked like he was like in the middle of a jungle someplace. <laughs> I don't know what he's done. I haven't seen him. Did, did he, how did he uh, reflect on scream like was he you know looking back on it with fond memories yeah he said he had a great time of course he was upset he didn't continue on but uh yeah he was happy and positive about it nice jay 
I feel like you got some Jamie Kennedy wisdom coming. Yeah, no, nah, he hasn't really done too much anything other than Scream. He did that one movie, Malibu's Most Wanted, I think. It was just a stupid like rom-com type thing. But other than that, he hasn't really done much. I did. I'm pretty sure he spoke out about like Nev Campbell not being in the new one coming up. And he was upset about that as was everyone else though. But I mean, other than that, I don't really hear much on that dude at all. It's kind of like she said, he looks rough. Looks like he's been like living outside for a long time. I don't know. Well, it's a shame because he's dope. Like he's so good in this. And so let's talk about his kill or him being killed. Um, Dom, did you remember that he got killed? Only when he's on the phone in the courtyardy bit, like outside, and I was like, "Oh no!" Because then I, it made me remember how he reappears in the next film as well. Because he's in tapes, isn't he? He's taped himself and said, "In in case I've died, you know, continues <laughs> the rules, sort of thing." Um, so yeah, uh, I just, I remember him being on the phone. Those two disappear to go and you know catch anyone else on a phone and then he goes near the van and then that's it it becomes a a bit of a gruesome way to go but um it was only until we got to the the that actual scene that i was like oh yeah this is it this is where it happens and yeah things like that drive me nuts anyway when you when you start to like someone and they die it's just sort of like it really winds me up really winds me up <laughs> so you off. were like you were liking him then oh yeah yeah definitely definitely he has great, great lines. Like, and it makes more sense when you know that it's Billy Loomis's mother that kills him. Mm. And then, so when you're watching it back with that knowledge, it's like, oh no, <laughs> because what it, he says that he was a rat-faced, homo-repressed mama's boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah. Did you happen Jay? to notice on uh, his hand when they open the van and they find him there on his hand? There's uh, actually a set of lips. Like she kissed his hand, so it's like a nod to her killing him. I Ooh. did not. What? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go back and you open, like right when they first open the door, his hand is all bloodied, and there's a set of lips. Yep. That's that's crazy. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, that's like creepier like than. Watch. <laughs> she kissed his hand. Mm-hmm. Good detail. Good detail. Okay, <laughs> Sarah, did impressed. you did did you get? Yeah, you got me, Sarah. Were, did you care that Randy died? Did I care? <laughs> Not really. Oh, Sarah, you're the new Dom. <laughs> you can't be just. I've always been Team Dom, so you know. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked it. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked him to die, but I didn't mind that he did. One thing I will say about Jamie Kennedy is he does have, like, he comes across a really good delivery. Like, everything that he has got to deliver, he delivers really quick. And it does feel quite natural. So I don't know whether he's like that just as a person anyway. But like him playing Randy is, is like, really good casting. It sort of suits. And I think maybe he does just fit that role uh, quite well. And we have to remember he was in Romeo and Juliet. The Leo film. Yes. Yes. Well. Good call. Good call. Such a Which is the film. year before this, I think. It's, a, yeah. it's an earlier one. It's earlier 90s, I think. So That sounds right, because yeah. I think it was Titanic 97 as well. Yeah. And so maybe it was a year before, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Leo had done Romeo and Juliet and then Titanic. Yeah, 
Yeah, that seems about right. Nice. Well, yeah, good call, good call. Well, um, yeah, so here's down. The cameraman is great. I love the cameraman. <laughs> um, is and he Joel? just stuck. Joel. Joel, yeah, I think Joel. And because he's he's the guy that's saying what we would all be saying, <laughs> like, no, yeah. I'm leaving. You're yeah. crazy. Your last cameraman got gutted. I made that up. He had his throat <laughs> slit, and I love his line was like, "Either way, he's not in the union." Good as <laughs> the guy's not in the union anymore. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Well, so something they noted on the commentary is they made sure that every character all wear, all wore the same black boots, which were like what they called the killer boots so that they could all be suspects. So if you ever look at them, they're all wearing like these black boots. I did notice on the scene when they're in the library, when uh, Cotton's like all up in Sydney's face and they're walking down the stairs, it zones in on his boots. And I was like, okay, that made me think Cotton at one point. Yeah. Sarah, did you ever think it was anybody else? I always thought in this one when I first saw it, I always thought it was um, Derek. Mm-hmm. And then I thought he was working with Mickey, which Mickey makes you think he's working with him at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never, I never questioned if it was um, Billy Loomis's mom, and all of us, none of us knew it was Billy Loomis's mom until the end. Yeah, that's a bit. Sometimes people get annoyed with things like that in movies where you, as an audience member, don't actually have an opportunity to get it right because you weren't supplied with the information. Because a lot of the thing with screen movies is the formula is that you, as an audience member, are trying to work out who the killer is the whole way through. Well, that's almost like a little bit of a cheat because you're not able to guess that it's her for that reason because you didn't have that information. Well,. To be fair, the killers weren't supposed to be Mickey and Billy's mom. It was originally Sydney's roommate, Hallie, and um, Derek. But that actually got leaked, what you were talking about. So then they had to rewrite who the killers were. And then after once that got leaked, they didn't let the cast or anyone else know who the killers were after that. So it was a surprise to everyone. Uh, Which I'm kind of so happy Hallie- that it got leaked because like the boyfriend was already done. You know, why why make it the and, boyfriend again? And I think and Jerry O'Connell, it was almost like he was making it too obvious that it could have been him. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this is a good time for me to say something to you, Dom. Like I I woke up this morning and I just couldn't shake this feeling that <laughs> I think I love you. So what am I so afraid of? I love da 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 da. Everyone, come on. Da, and da, da, no, it worries me to say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the audition piece for that role for uh, for Derek. So they were constantly having to hear that over and over again by all the people that were auditioning it, um, and. They said that every time, every take that they used, Jerry used a different key to sing it in. So they said it was like impossible to edit it together. So <laughs> there are there are times where the it just shifts into different keys, and they're like, you just had they just had to embrace it. And they also said that the clapping in the background, because it was from take to take, it was like impossible to get it to sync up. So they actually had to remove the clapping and then have people come in 
and do the clapping to in time with the people in the background. <laughs> Which is like just such crap. But, but it's so seamless when you watch it. So it just shows the... Uh, you I, know, I, the, the... I bet if you go back and watch it now, you'd notice it. But I didn't notice it at the time. So it's obviously obviously done a good job with it in the editing studio there. Um, one thing, like, do you know, do you happen to know if anyone big auditioned for this and didn't get it? Oh, no, I don't know. No, that would be interesting to find out as well. I might do a bit of, uh, a bit of research into, into the film afterwards and find out who's, uh, who, who didn't quite make it in the screencast. <laughs> do you mean for his role specifically? What do you think you could imagine that a lot of people might have gone for that? Do you mean? Like his, yeah, his role was specifically, um, but just all of them in, in particular as well, because if you said that if you, they had to, when they were auditioning for the part, they're all singing that song. It'd be interesting to see who else kind of went went for it and went to to play the the kind of boyfriend role um, that may or may not be a suspect because it you know the the last film was so successful. I can imagine that there'd be a a few people in line, you know, to play that part. Is there anyone off the top of your head that you think would have made a good Derek aside from Jerry O'Connell? Ooh. Good question. Christian Bale. <laughs> so the scream guy calls and can answer with, I'm Batman. Yeah, <laughs> it's the first name that popped into my head. <laughs> oh, dear. I have no idea who else. Sarah, Jay, any uh, suggestions for anyone else that could have played a good Derek? I'm trying to think who was, like, young at that point. Like Matt Damon or something. Yeah, Matt Damon. I don't think he was that big yet. I don't think they won their, did they win their Oscar yet. I don't think so. Goodwill maybe Hunting. They, maybe they did. Yeah, Matt yeah, Damon would have been. Some... Yeah, Matt Damon would have been good. I think some guy named Eric Mavis, I think, like auditioned for him, but he didn't get it. I don't, he was uh, he got he get, he was an ugly Betty, I guess, and he auditioned but didn't get it. But. That's all I know as people who like auditioned and didn't get something. Maybe when, Luke Wilson got Luke Wilson played Billy Loomis in the Tory Spelling version. Maybe he didn't have time to do it and just got that small part. Can we talk about how Tory Spelling did end up playing Sidney Prescott? As she called that out in the first one though. And she Oh, did they call? They made the reference to that in the first one. Yeah, Sydney said when it gets made. I don't remember why it was talking about getting made into a movie, but she was like, "They'll probably get someone like Tori Spelling to play me." And sure enough, Tori That's Spelling crazy. played her. Yeah. That's go. crazy. That's great. I didn't catch that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> was you going to say something dumb? Uh no. It was just on the who else would have who we could have cast as as that person. I was going to say Wentworth Miller, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think he's too good looking for Sydney. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> She'd be punching. You She's don't punching. deserve him, Sydney. You don't deserve him. <laughs> You're. A, I'm a fighter. Shut up. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, the. Uh, I think Jerry O'Connell's got that whole kind of. Uh, American good-looking guy. He's kind of the poster boy, right? And uh, so he fits it 
he fits it really well. I, I was trying to think of other people that could fit that. Maybe he would have been too young for it, but maybe our boy Chad would have would have been quite good in it. Maybe like old, a bit older Chad than what he would have been in '97. But for season one, Chad, season <laughs> season five, Chad, season five. You just Chad. can't let go, can you? You yeah. just can't let go. I'm I thinking don't... Liam Hemsworth. You're thinking Chad Michael Murray. It's just so different. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did you see Chad in House of Wax? I mean, horror is not his genre. That's for sure. I don't think he would have. <laughs> oh, deep. I don't think so. Oh, Joshua Jackson, maybe. Could have been good. Well, he's already in this, but he could have fit that role. What's your problem? Maybe he was too busy to do the whole movie, so he just had that little cameo. Yeah. There you go. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your problem? I didn't say Christian Bale, did I? (laughs) Christian Bale would have been epic in this film. Might as well have said Christopher Walken. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so where do we go? Where do we go? What's your problem? Look, Christopher, if Christopher Walken was cotton. <laughs> Come on, it's 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> he had to hide it in his ass. In his ass. <laughs> um, Pulp Fiction. Okay, we're going off track here. Okay, sorry. So, who just died? Cece's dead. Randy's dead. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we get cotton in the library. So we've kind of spoken a bit about that, and then so Allie's Sydney's next. being fought. Yes, yeah, so Sydney's being uh, escorted with the police. She's got two police peoples that are giving us that are her sort of giving her security. The guy that gets the pole through the head, he is a he was a stump a stunt guy that they. Uh, just cast him because they wanted to get that stunt right uh, obviously it's not him that gets the thing through the head but that stunt the pole was meant to go through the dummy's chest and it ended up going through the dummy's head so they just kept it oh wow and then then we get that great scene of he's asleep ghost space is asleep or unconscious rather and they're, they're trying to get around him can we say that Sydney gets her friend killed because she has to know who it was. If she'd just run away, wouldn't have happened. One hundred percent. I said that earlier when I was watching it. <laughs> I don't know if also, she feels... take the mask off. Take yeah, the mask just, off. Just fucking do it, honestly. Just pull the fucking mask off and batter the shit out of him while they're unconscious. <laughs> I would have done. I would have done. I'd have just taken it off. I mean, that doesn't make for good viewing then, does it? But I'd just take the mask off and then just continue to boot them in the face. And And so, yeah, her roommate, Hallie, gets gets killed. Can we just say Officer Richards deserved to be run over as well? Okay. (laughs) Would you like to elaborate? He should have just just done more, but he didn't. Just, Just do more. Just be better at your job, basically. So maybe maybe if they cast Christian Bale in that role, it would have it would have been a lot better. Would have been a lot better if they cast Christian Bale. Would have flipped over the car and then chased it down, and then the film would have been over in ten minutes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So where do we go from here? Our man Derek, he gave Sydney his letters. 
his like fraternity letters and uh so he gets abused by uh his his brothers they're brothers in a fraternity right that's the point yeah they pour beer down his trousers you know dance <laughs> uh <laughs> uh anyway am i i feel like i'm missing some pieces here before we get to Dewey, right, Dewey and Gail go and they're looking through the the tapes. They're looking to see if, uh, you know, his the killer's in the background anywhere. They start to make Whoopi and then they, uh, the, <laughs> it's from The Office. I watched it last night with Kevin talking about Whoopi. They're trying to make Whoopi and then, um, which in real life, this is when they were like falling in love. David Arquette and and Courtney Cox, and uh, and Ghostface comes, and this is where it's a great scene of where Gail's stuck in the sound booth, and Dewey's sort of getting stabbed, and you can't hear her scream. Like I thought, all of that stuff was shot really well. What, what did you think, Sarah? No, I, it was good. Well, they couldn't hear each other on either side, so right. it's pretty good soundproofing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what that's like. You know what that life's like. I at, at a college, you're still hearing them bang on that window. It's not that, <laughs> it's not that good. And uh, oh, our boy Dewey again. Dom, did you not? Well, you remembered he was in the third one, then I guess. So you knew mm-hmm. he didn't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't remember how, um, like how many times he'd got stabbed in this one. Because it just seemed to just go on for ages. Like this guy's indestructible. <laughs> just does. Just just seems to have a lot of holes in him, and that's it. It can continue. And Gail gets away, and then we end up. Oh, so this whole thing was just to go back a second. So Sydney is is in a play, a theatre show. And the guy basically pressures her to stay in the show because there's no understudy. <laughs> but it's it's a pretty good production here. But the bit where she they're doing the rehearsal and everyone's coming around her and sort of, you know, pretending to attack her. And then she sees Ghostface within one of them. I couldn't work out whether this was it within her own imagination or whether that was actually happening. Yeah, I've always had that too. I've never really known whether it's for real or if she's just imagining it. So today when I was watching that scene, I really tried to pay attention when they get up and they call cut to see where that person goes to to see if they maybe did run off. And I couldn't really tell one way or another, but that's one thing I've never been able to make out. Dom, what do you think? Can you solve that for us? Well, I, I it depends on Mickey. If Mickey was in that performance or not if mickey was in that show he would un- he would know the movements let's say let's call it choreography you know in the, in the direction so would be able to have the 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 mask on the the appropriate mask on uh and then like swap it potentially to to freak her out and scare her and, and move around in that space if he wasn't then no i think it's just in her mind and she's freaked herself out because the mask was so similar there was so much going on well they you know, lightning going off and the the sound all a bit scary. So, yeah. And Sarah, bit, could, imagination could or real? 
I thought it was her imagination. And then, and then, oh, here comes Derek, right? When they're, she's running off stage. Mm. Yeah. So, Perfect yeah. timing. Just a da- David Warner was the, was the, was the drama teacher who um, sadly died this year, but was um, mm. like a big actor too. Also yeah, Titanic, I really, I think. right. Yes. Is he the, um, like the, the bodyguard guy? Yeah. Yes, I knew I recognised him. Oh, well, rest in peace to him. Yeah, that he's... Yes. Oh, I can't believe I didn't connect that together. Of course. Yes. he's the, And because he has that bit when Jack's... Jack says that he saved her from falling off the edge or whatever. And he's like, oh, and you had enough time to untie your shoes and take off your jacket? It's like, yeah. Uh, you know I never noticed that was him. That's yeah. <laughs> then we get to the climax. Um we're on we're on the stage here and it is revealed that it's Mickey. It's Timmy Oliphant, who obviously huge actor, who Sarah was in Santa Korea Diet with Drew. Yep, her husband. Yeah. Actually and Dom and I were talking about this the other day because before we knew you, and I'm not blaming you for it being cancelled, but I <laughs> I raved to Dom about Santa Clarita Diet. I loved it. And I said, you've got to watch it. He watched it. I think he al- I think he would have said, I'm going to speak for him, he would have picked it. That was not one of them ones that you would not You would have picked it, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's great. I liked what it. That, what the hell happened, Sarah? Where's my season I, four? I watched it. I watched it after I started working with Drew. I don't. She was very upset. I got canceled. That was all Netflix. Yeah. Dope. She wants to do like a like a finish up like movie just to because it, it ended but it didn't really end. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because so, yeah, the really scope, scope for more there because it was nothing's resolved. Yeah, yeah. definitely. This is a great cast, great show. Tell her we want it. We want more. So Yeah. I'm sure tell she listens random... to us for you. <laughs> tell her tell her your random friends that she once took a picture of a picture of us with. <laughs> Demand more Santa Clarita diet. She really Jay... wanted more. But Jay, have you seen it? I have not seen it. It's on my list of things to watch because Drew Barrymore's I've followed her career like from the start. She was like one of my first crushes, to be quite honest. Uh, <laughs> she liked one of my things on TikTok not too late, long ago. I was super like fangirling about it. It was great. But I've heard nothing but good things about that show. I just haven't watched it yet. <clears throat> it is really good. You'll really like it. I think it's uh, it's your kind of humor as well. It's like that sort of dark, satirical, dark yeah. comedy kind of thing. Yeah. It's great. Right. Okay. So we're so Mickey is revealed, and then he go, kind of goes into it's all about the trial. You know, he's not even really bothered about the killings. It's about the trial and the impact of movies and this, that, and the other. I really like his turn. I think there's some people or fans that have that will comment and say it becomes over the top or like a bit too over the edge. I'm a fan of it. Sarah, what do you think of his reveal? And there's Mickey as the killer. Well, I thought it was good. And first he starts, he's saying that uh, Derek is, I mean, he's making her think that it's Derek. So everything, every, and then he kills him. But everything he's saying, he's, it's like, 
it's true. Like he's going to blame the movies. Like that's what happens now. So keep packing 97. You knew they do. Yeah. And then this is also like the time period. There's only like a couple years before. I know it's different, but like Eminem got sued like, by everybody because people were blaming his music for like acts of violence and things um so it was kind of like a bit of a period in that time where people were blaming you know music and movies and things for their own stupid choices you know um dom what did you think of mickey's turn yeah i actually think it's quite good this person's gone around like killing a number of people he's not going to be you know, of sound mind. So <laughs> yeah. to, to, to finally let that out and that be, you know, visible to us is, I think it's, I think it's good. And, um, it's actually quite nice to see, um, like go back and see, uh, T- is it Timothy Oliphant? Did you say, mm-hmm. um, in yep. that, in that kind of role? Cause he's always like the, the handsome, funny man now, isn't he? You know, who, he, he, which he is, he's a very handsome man, but, um, that's kind of the, feels like the role he's kind of pushed into now. He's like the, the hot dad that lives next door kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's quite nice to see him as the freaky psycho crazy killer who, yeah, has just totally lost it. Totally. And I think he would have been great pairing with Stu, Matthew Lillard from the first movie. You know, they're kind of like similar kind of energy. What did you think, Jay? You're a fan of Mickey? Yeah, I think I think so. I think he did a great job. You know, when he does his reveal, it's it's a little more like menacing when you look when you sit back and watch it, like compared to like Billy Loomis the first time around when he delivers his line, you know, we all go a little mad sometimes. But with him, it was just more of like, he's just upset because his parents got divorced. It's like this little boy who was just throwing a tent, a temper tantrum versus Mickey. He's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? He's like, like you said, he doesn't give a shit about the killings or anything else. He's just wanting to pretty much get famous more or less from this. So it makes it that much scarier. I think he did that role really well. It is nice to see him do, like, cause every other role he does play is like the nice, charming, handsome man, you know, that, the love interest. So it was nice to see this. For sure. Awesome. And then we get <laughs> Billy's mother, that line. <laughs> and we get, we get Billy's mom coming out and, um, she does a great turn as well. Like in terms of, especially when cotton comes in towards the end, like they have their sort of action beats and then she's sort of holding, Sydney prisoner and she's saying to Cotton just shoot her she put you in prison for a year just do it like it's reasonable you know trying to like reason with him but also the whole reason of you know I found Mickey online he was a real up and comer you know only 97 active serial killers in America like he was a real find like it's such (laughs) it's such good tongue-in-cheek dialogue yeah I love all of that Sarah I, I sense a face. What do you think? No, no, I thought it was good. I mean, they had to reveal her some to, to the audience somehow. And I like how they made everything fit. And, you know, in 97, that's when the internet was starting. So you could find, you know, it was harder to find things than it is now. 
So serial killers, would... you mean? It was harder to find well, good serial killers. Well, anything. <laughs> or if he was in a chat room or whatever, you know, talking to other people. However, she found him. But it was definitely harder to do things back then. Well, and then in the end... So in the end, Billy's mum shoots Mickey. Cotton shoots Billy's mum. And then for good measure, Sydney puts another one in a forehead <laughs> and uh mickey comes back gets shot as well and uh the the great negotiation of cotton before he saves sydney is that diane sawyer interview but it looks pretty good right now <laughs> what a time to negotiate i mean dom feels like something you would do am i wrong <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I tried to sell you this idea before, and now I've got a gun pointed at you. <laughs> so it's, it's either you or that person. Um, yeah, what what a great moment to bring it up. <laughs> like, there's an easy 10 grand for him. And, you know, he shoots a, a crazy lunatic and saves a day. Almost. Well, and she pays that back immediately when they get outside. And she's like, well, Cotton's the, the hero. And then he has the great line of, you know, there's a time and a place and indeed a price for the story um but i will say is it will make a great movie which is a great again meta way of ending it and uh and then that there we go in turn wrap wraps it up and we get to see that joel comes back he survived by doing the smart thing by leaving for a bit and coming back when it was over um and there's scream too i mean we'll talk we'll in we'll go into judgments in a second so we can catch on anything that we didn't speak on are there any any particular scenes that we didn't that we didn't get to anything that we've really missed here no not that, mm-hmm. not that i'll give a shout out to another 90210 star rebecca gayhart was one of the um sorority girls yes we didn't mention was, was she one of like the two that was yeah. the curly hair mm-hmm. i was like in love with her when <laughs> i was younger i've never really known who she was but yeah, she yeah. was a, the new. She was the Neutrogena girl in the early '90s, and then she was on 90210 for like half a season. And did my dreams for a few years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Her biggest role yet. <laughs> I know Wes Craven does a little cameo. He's like a doctor when they go to the uh, the hospital after she gets attacked and he gets attacked. I know that. Nice though, yeah. and I have. I have a couple other things here. Um, so, right, there's a part where Randy, when when Sydney first sees Randy outside of the classroom, and uh, they, after they've had that debate about all the the sequels and everything, and when they walk out, Jamie Kennedy suddenly goes into an English accent for no reason. That yeah. was um, he had improv that accent, and it's just because the what do they call it, like dialogue coach or like the line, the person that does all of the, makes sure the lines are being read correctly is English. So he was just mocking that person <laughs> and they kept it in. Um, Nev Campbell would shoot, this one's for you, Sarah, party of five on Mondays and Tuesdays during the day and then spent Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday filming Scream 2 most of which were night shoots. Then on Sundays, she would work all night until 6am 
go home for 15 minutes to shower off all of the fake blood and immediately go to party of five to then shoot all over again. Busy girl. So there you go. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Jerry O'Connell began dating on the set of this film. Two very good looking people. I don't think I knew that. Oh, Dom, you're like this. Toby Maguire was offered the role of Mickey. There you go. <laughs> Spider Man. Well, not Perfect. Batman, Spider Man. Spider Man. Well, one of them's got to be in there. <laughs> so I, you already. I, yeah. I do, I do have one bone to pick with the film. Maybe it can wait for judgments. But it's such funny yeah. enough, it's to, to do with the scene. Pick it. Go. In the, when they're. Like Randy's scene in the, the classroom classroom mm-hmm. scene because yeah. randy gets the alien line wrong mm-hmm. and the other guy actually got it right but I'd, i don't know why he then said he was right when he was clearly wrong yeah that's one of my trivia points on here as well i don't know oh, okay. so yeah he he actually <laughs> corrects him with the wrong line with the wrong line yeah i, I, what, I didn't know whether what that is was, the right way no. he says stay away from her right you bitch and it's, it's get, get away it's or get the away other from way her, you bitch right and he says yeah. it's stay away it's film class isn't it well yeah. does he Randy. say stay away or is that not joshua jackson who says stay away from her it's whoever is it joshua jackson that that says he the line says first? It, yeah he yeah. says it first whoever says it first says it right which is get away from her you bitch and then uh Jamie Kennedy says the wrong line, but says it's the right one. Oh, okay. So that was the only real issue I had with all of it. <laughs> they said that on um, the Do commentary. Do your research, Wes. <laughs> he says it on the commentary. Like, oh, so I don't okay. know. <laughs> I don't know why they did that, though. Um, this next part is what you said already, Jay, was that originally it was going to be Derek and Hallie that was going to be the killers, but the, you know, the script got leaked. Um. And I have said all of them bits already. Right, the film originally ended with a shot. So you know the right it ends with Sydney's walking out, and they're all everything's good, and it's sort of a crane shot coming out of the campus. Originally, it was going to end like that, and then there was like a bell tower here, and there was going to be another ghost face in it, and then it was just going to into credits, which they then scrapped. But I wish they had done that. Like, every one of the Scream movies ends, like, with everything wrapped up. And I wish one time they would do that. Like, leave it a bit more, you know, ominous that there's still ones out there in the wind. I think it would be cool. Well, that would have tied in nicely with the third one, with it being her long-lost brother. He And he was, like, the one that orchestrated, you know, one and two, pretty much. So that would have really tied in nice with that. Yeah, for sure. And it would sort of leave... It would maybe bring that fear back home with you, you know. Obviously, like, we know it's not real, but it would be like they're still out there, you know. It's not all wrapped up and safe, and you'd almost leaving it open for a sequel. So, yeah. Okay, so anything we haven't hit on, we'll get to in judgments. But as always, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast... And how could you not... And please check us out, rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Five stars only. We don't want to hear nothing less. If you want to 
give us something less than five stars or a bad review, what would be great is if you write it down in your phone, um, highlight it all, and then delete it. That would be fantastic. Just get it out so it's out of your system, but don't share it with the world. We'd appreciate that. Dom, we'll start with you into judgments. Who was your favourite performer of the movie? Difficult. It's difficult to pick. So many... uh so many choices. Luke Wilson did a fantastic job. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I kind of think um, David Arquette does a pretty good job, but I can't take Dewey seriously. So maybe I'll give it... Is it... What's his name? Schreiber? Lev Schreiber? Liv Schreiber? Yeah, Liev. Liev. Liev Schreiber. I think he does a great job. Um, and... He plays the. He's always got this air of like the, there's something about him. There's something unusual. There's something not quite right. He's desperate for this interview to happen. He's desperate to you know to kind of sell his story and make money. He could be the killer, and he could still be the killer. You you know he could be he could be that connecting factor through through everything, couldn't he? You know he could have been the um you know, the, the scream in the bell tower at the end and, and so on and so on. He could have been the, the connection for all of it. Um, so I, I'm going to go with him as my, my favourite um, performer of the episode. Nice. Sarah, favourite performer? I'm actually going to go with everyone's non-favourite, Jada Pinkett. Ooh. I thought she did a really good job. <laughs> She did a really good job dying. (laughs) (laughs) He died fantastically well. She did, though. She did. Good choice. Jay, favorite performer? I'm actually going to go with Nev just for one scene. It's very simple. Right after they get attacked and they're in the hospital and Mickey sits down and he's talking to her and he drops a little line to her about why would anyone go back into the house? And you can see it in her eyes. She went from like fully trusting Derek to like now all of a sudden she has this doubt in her mind. Like he was able to get into her mind and she was able to portray that with just a simple look. And I think she did that really, really well. That is a great moment. You're right. Yeah, that is is a great moment. They filmed that after they'd finished shooting because they thought that they didn't give Mickey enough to do to be sort of close enough. So they went back and added that scene. What did I think? Who's mine? Yeah, um, I <laughs> I think I want to give an honourable mention to Jamie Kennedy. I, he wasn't in it long enough to be able to get performer, but I do love every scene that he's in. So, I, And maybe that's just me loving the character, but I love his performance as well. But I am also going to give it to the guy that played Cotton, which was, what was his name? Sorry, Schreiber. Liev Schreiber Schreiber. yeah he's great Uh, his scenes were great and the whole time you're not really sure when he has his interrogation with the police as well when you know he's like you have to treat me with the same rights as any innocent civilian he's great he's kind of got that arrogance to him yeah great performance what about your favourite character Dom uh, I'm going to have to go for Randy. I think Randy's uh, great and just suits his film so well. And it's such a shame that he has his, I, I like to call it an untimely demise, but um, yeah, Randy. 
Definitely. They they wanted to bring him back in the third one alive and say that like he'd just been rushed off and and his family wanted to keep him out of the public eye to keep him safe. And then they thought it was just like too unbelievable. Too, too good. It's bad. Like, it's bad enough that like Dewey makes it back <laughs> again. <laughs> well, Sarah, favorite character? I'm going with Randy also. Yeah. Randy. Nice. Jay? Yep. That's three in a row. Randy for me too. And Simon? I mean, is it a question? Full house, Randy all round. He's the best. <laughs> nice. He's the best. I He would be a great podcaster. Like, Randy would definitely have a pod. If he was alive, he would definitely have a podcast in 2022. Definitely. Dom, who, uh, what was your, oh, who was your favorite background performer? I'm not sure I picked one out. Excuse me. (laughs) Who was your favorite background performer? One line or less. (laughs) Only 200 episodes. (laughs) I haven't said it for 200 episodes. Um, I'm desperately trying to think of anyone that stood out. There's so many at the oh, beginning in, in the, the cinema. In the scene uh, where oh, you could go for one of the, the guys at the urinal, couldn't you, in the, in the cinema? <laughs> Those are my, that's mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go for one of them. I'll go for the one on the right. <laughs> Giving Omiops like funny looks. Sarah? The guy on the left. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostface at the yeah. urinal. <laughs> Jay? I'm going to go with it's uh, the the beginning scene in the theater when Jada Pinkett is walking up to the screen. There's a girl with dark curly hair. She's super light skinned and she has blood on her arm and she's looking all confused. That's going to be mine. Nice. I'm going to say when Jada goes out and gets popcorn and she's like, I'll take her this, that and the other. And the guy's like, you got it. Like. (laughs) He really softly said it, like, you got it. And he looked like an older guy. You know, this isn't like any judgments, but I reckon maybe he was the manager. Don't know. Like, he looked he looked too old to be, like, just like the popcorn boy. Not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with being popcorn boy, but, you know, I reckon he was managerial. He was stepping in. It was a busy shift. <laughs> Helping out. Yeah. Don, what was your favorite line of the, ep- of the movie? Ooh. Line, we were line, not song. Okay, goes um, line then song. <laughs> you sure? No one cares. No one cares about the music. We do the music last. I always care about the music. I, I was going to pick Cotton's line uh, right at the end of the film, um, but I've actually come with the police officer that stands up and points the gun and says, "Out of the car, you fucker!" Because <laughs> it just made me laugh at the time, and then he gets run over, uh, which is perfect. So I'm going to go with him. His line. Great. Sarah? I didn't write the whole line down, but it was when Randy was screaming on the phone um, about, and I did pick up that he said something about uh, his, the mom whole thing. The, the line you did before. Well, first he screams, fuck you. And then he, he goes into the whole tirade of what Billy Loomis was. Yeah. I love that moment. He also gives the, uh, you want to play with the big boys? And he's like, someone, someone, OJ. <laughs> <laughs> what was yours, Jay? 
That's such a hard choice. Um, I'll go for when they're in the sorority house and Ghostface calls the phone and Sydney's like walking out. She answers it. She's at one point he's like, Did you miss me? or something like that. And she's like, Why don't you show your face, you fucking coward? I'll go with that one. And then he does. Yeah, right away. He's like, Hello, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what's up, bitch? Let's get it. Uh, yeah, good choice. I, I I like the line in that conversation when it's like, uh, it's like, it's showtime. I wish I could do the voice. Dom expecting you to do the voice. Well, you've done it already. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm i going to go with the, the Billy Loomis line as well because it's such a... Because it also calls back to the original movie where you could imagine that these were the things that Randy fought about Billy and Stu because they kind of bullied him, didn't they? And sort of were picked on him. They were like frenemies, you know? Mm. And, uh, you know, I wonder if, uh, Ski Ulrich has, um, he must've seen scream too, but I wonder how he felt about being described as, you know, rat faced. (laughs) sure it's all in good fun but yeah that whole explosion on the phone is great uh now before we talk about the music the score actually is like has a cult following the guy that does the that composes it is marco it's marco something oh boy i'll look it up but he uh like he has Marco Beltrami. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But yeah, he's, he's kind of like a cult following over the score. And uh, they actually used Dewey's theme. You know, when he comes on, it's kind of like the sheriffy, westerny kind of music. Is the is actually, they put in a placeholder for what they wanted it to sound like. And they took some music from the movie Broken Arrow with John Travolta and Christian Slater, and they just couldn't find anything better. So they actually paid and licensed that bit of music from Broken Arrow. Um, But the rest of it is scored by the composer. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and go with that, with Dewey's theme. Oh, I've gone first. Sorry, okay. Well, we're going to have to reverse (laughs) the order now. So Jay, what was your favourite song or musical piece? I'm going to go with Red Right Hand, I think it's called. I'm not sure who sings it, but... Every time I hear that song, my mind automatically goes to scream, so I have to give it to that. Yeah, that's dope. I used that as the intro to the last Scream episode. I'm going to use it for this one as well. So It's yeah, only appropriate. For sure. Sarah? I got nothing <laughs> for this. I, really, I didn't really notice the music. I didn't notice. I mean, I noticed the score for certain parts, but... Let's just go with the score. Or you could go with, I think I love you, so what am I so... <laughs> Jerry O'Connell, out of tune. <laughs> but, Sarah, you've met you've met Jerry. You've, oh, met, oh, yes. you've met me many times through Zoom. Yeah. Do you think maybe I could have been Derek? You've heard me sing now. Do you think I could have got through the audition? Sure. If that was the, old, if that was the only thing in the audition, you had the part. Do you think I sing better than Jerry O'Connell? Yes or no? Depends on what you're singing. I'll give you a At bit more. At least you do it all in one key. 
So what am I so afraid of? <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Mia. Dom. Yeah. <laughs> Dom. Your musical choice. Uh, I also went with Red Right Hand. I think I picked it in the the last film as well, but it the film kind of kicks off with it. It pops up every now and then. The the little Dewey theme as well. I noticed and I thought it was brilliant. I mm-hmm. thought it was fantastic. But yeah, I thought Red Right Hand stood out. I think it's Nick Cave as well um, that sang it, and I believe it's also the theme tune to Peaky Blinders. Yes, it is as oh. well. So there you go. So. Oh, nice. It's, it's doing the rounds, but yeah. Yeah, they're getting some money off of that license. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, last but not least is the Precious. Precious? Rating. Now, on movies, we do it a little bit differently because this is how Dom and I used to do it. Before the Ravens existed, when we when these were Mighty 90s episodes, we used to do two scores each. So you'd have your subjective score out of 10 so what the movie means to you personally and then you have your objective score so what you think of it from your critic point of view looking at it from present day so I think we'll do both of those so you have your individual two scores and then let's see if we can agree with an overall score together as a Ravens team so we'll start with you Jay let's go with you What's your subjective score? What this film means to you out of 10? Uh, out of 10, I would give it a 9. Like I said, it just gives me a lot of childhood memories. This is something that without fail, without doubt, always happened every summer. So it just has a lot of nostalgic memories to me. So I'm going to go to 9. And what about your objective? So from a critical standpoint... Uh, that I'll go, I'll give it about an eight. Um, you know, it's not going to top number one, of course, but it definitely wasn't the worst in the, the franchise. It's actually mine is second favorite out of all of them so far. So Nice. So a nine and an eight. What about you, Sarah? Your personal subjective score? Um, I'm going to go with six. Okay. For some reason, I don't like number twos in a lot of movies uh you know that have one two three four um i i'm not this was not one of my favorites okay and what about from your objective professional standpoint um, i would do eight Ooh. i mean i no i mean re-watching it and i thought it was done well there i did catch the whole um the plot thing with the names not because I, I remember I'm watching I'm going wait this never comes up again yeah um because I think it actually would have been cool if it, they followed through with that um but yeah I mean I thought it was done well it's not like I, I didn't sit there and turn it off so I kept watching <laughs> nice okay and Dom your uh, subjective personal well I was gonna give it a seven but you mentioned um some deep detail of us you know watching it a particular time over one uh one one occasion one night and it was the the memory of the doritos the dip and the paprika like crisps as well so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give it an eight for for nostalgic value (laughs) the crisp bumped it at score 
That's 100%. <laughs> there you go. Good snackage. Okay. Uh, I would say, personally, this is Do I like not a, give it another score as well? Just my bad. It? My bad. Okay. No, no, no. It's fine. If you want to move on, if you want to, if you want to do that. <laughs> I got distracted by the Chris, as per usual. <laughs> so, what is your objective critic score? Seven. I'm going to give it a seven. That's where okay. I lie at the moment. And what about you, Simon? <laughs> uh, thanks for asking. I personally, it's a big one. I think I gave the first scream a ten for like personal um, meaning. I would imagine so. Um, so I'd maybe give this one like maybe a nine because it has a lot of good sort of childhood ish, you know, in that realm memories. And uh, yeah, it was one of the first sort of quote unquote naughty films that I was watching. When I was probably a bit too young to be watching it. And so it brings back good memories. And then from an objective standpoint, I think it's made pretty well. Like I like that most of the camera angles are stead- like steady cams and on cranes and things. I think the production value is good. I think the performances are good. I think the writing's good. There is some like little plot hole bits here and there. But when you know about what happened to it and it the script being leaked and all of these other things, it's like can forgive that because it's hard circumstances so i think i'd i think i'd give it an eight as well so yeah so hi so now let's see if we can get to a score that we can all agree on as like our raven score so think of a number in your mind that you're happy to give and then we will give it after three and we'll see if maybe we're somewhere in the middle there. I don't think we've ever tried this before, but let's. Why not? So we'll say after three. One, two, three, eight. Eight, seven. seven. Wait, so I went eight. Sarah went seven. seven. Jay went eight. Dom went seven. So two sevens and an eight. That seems fair. <laughs> Can we give it 7.5? We don't ever do 0.5s, do we? Dom, come on, you have a hand in the rules here. 0.5s are just unacceptable. Totally. It's got to be 7 or 8. So So go to an 8. 8 sounds good. Yeah, I think 8 sounds perfect. If you're going to go 0.5, you round up. That's the rules of maths. Absolutely. We weren't going to go 0.5. We said no (laughs) 0.5. Sarah could... I would be willing to go to an eight on the, with the nostalgia value pushing it higher, I think, rather than the film value. And then, okay, so I'll go to an eight because of all the, the side, you know, things they talk about, about, you know, all the 90s references that they make. There you go. And Jay, you'll, you'll remain at an eight because. I certainly will. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> well, good. Then we stamp this movie an eight. Do we start stamping movies? Can we? Can we get a little column in the spreadsheet, Dom, for for movie no. ratings? Go. No. Okay. No. <laughs> we'll remember this for Scream Free. So. Uh, we'll get to screen free. Maybe next Halloween. Maybe earlier if we will get the urge that we need to do it. We're we're doing one in four is something other than One Tree Hill now. So you know who knows. We'll definitely 
Sarah, you were already locked in for the rest of the screen movies. Jay, you are now also now hostage to be with us for all of the screen movies. Thank you both so much for coming on. Such a pleasure dissecting movies, TV shows, whatever we're doing with both of you and speaking with you both. So thank you both and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy, happy, happy Halloween, y'all. Be safe. Well, yeah, that as well. And happy Halloween. And thank you both so much. Always brilliant to, to get to talk to you and have your. So thank you. Thanks, guys. And, Appreciate it. And to our Ravens, to our listeners, we hope you all have a great Halloween. Thank you for listening, supporting. We appreciate you all. Thank you for listening to us just talk our nonsense. Uh, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to get to Scream Free. Any final words, Dom? Should we do Ravens on three? Yes. But should we. You should Scream be doing three? it in a. Yeah, or should we be screaming on free? <laughs> should we be saying Sydney on free? Jay, you have an idea of this? Let's see. What about on three? What's your favorite scary movie? Yes, in the ghost face voice. The there best ghost face voice that you can all do. I'm down. <laughs> and Don, but can you warm us up in Paul Johansson's voice? <laughs> That's just gonna throw me off for the <laughs> for the for the scary voice. That's not my problem. Um, okay, are you ready for the uh, the countdown of a lifetime? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is your go-to accent? Yeah. I don't know where that is, but yeah. <laughs> and one, two, three. What's your favorite scary movie?